executive in residence in the management and international business department at Loyola University, Maryland. And it's my pleasure to do this video interview today with TJ Scofaro. And uh, we put this interview series together so that we could try to give our students a flavor for what life is like in the business world today. And more importantly, hopefully answer some of the questions that they may have uh, in an area, in an era where the pandemic has kind of closed off a lot of opportunities that they've had. So TJ, thank you for making time to speak with our students about your career and some of your experiences and where you work. Um, would you mind taking a moment and just telling us uh, who you are, or give us a you know quick idea of uh, what you do and uh, where you do it? Sure. Uh, so my name is TJ Scalfaro, as Dave mentioned. I actually went to Loyola for my undergrad degree. I graduated from the business school in 2013. I concentrated in marketing, though, not in the management and international business department. Uh, and since then, well, forgive I've worked you for that, in, by the way. That's okay. <laughs> since then, I've worked in a, a slew of relationship management and sales roles, uh, nature of the marketing program. And currently, I'm working for 2U Inc., which is a education technology company based out of Lana, Maryland, which is right outside of DC. Uh, obviously, I'm currently working from home, as we all are these days. I reside in Baltimore. I'm currently living outside of Fells Point. Been here for the last six or seven years, six years, because uh, I spent like a year or so outside of Philly where I grew up uh, after I graduated from Loyola. And I'm been asked to be on this board since uh, I had some previous involvement in connection with Professor Cummings. So a lot of you might be familiar with his business policy course. It's very work intensive, mm. but honestly, that was one of my favorite classes and it has served me the best to this day in my career. Well, that's great. Good. So, um, you know, for our students benefit, uh, you know, some of our board members are, you know, senior executive types. You're actually sort of in your, uh, early third of your career, which is actually That's nice. Right. I think you've got some yeah. great insights that are going to be some very current. Mid-level management there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you're, and you're into to a management role. One of the things that I think that's really interesting is one of the things I've noticed with not just our students, I mean, students all over is, yeah. you know, in, in some ways they're so conditioned to answer questions, right? I mean, we just ask them questions in exams and we yeah. ask them questions that they have to result in papers. And they're expected to know already. They're, they're expected answering. to know already, and and yeah. they're kind of waiting to be asked what to do as opposed to asking what to do, right? So so you're yeah. you're really suggesting they need to kind of turn that paradigm uh, 180 yeah. degrees. They need to be the one that reaches out. They need to be the one that kind of creates activity. Yeah. If like when I delegate one of my responsibilities to somebody in another department or like another level beneath me or like to an intern with our within our department, I get anxiety personally as the delegator, if I haven't heard any questions yet. I would much rather you tap me and say, let's at least have an intake meeting to make sure I'm understanding these instructions correctly. And then when things are done, it's like, well, that took me less time than expected. What else can I help you with right now? Like it, I just pulled up your Google calendar, you're booked. What's going on? Like, where can I lean in? And that's something where when you're working with your direct superior, 
especially in a work from home environment, you don't have the office environment to like kind of have that chit chat check in as you're heading back to your desk after a meeting with them. So you need to make sure you schedule at least a weekly sync so that you can touch base with them and talk about, hey, this is what I'm doing this week and what I'm working on, things I need your help with to lean in on. And then that supervisor ideally is going to also give you the same. They're going to say, yep, this is what I'm working on. So you have some insight into like the next level up in terms of the day-to-day there. So you can start to build your mind around, hey, if I want to excel myself from here to the next step, which is my boss, then you know what their day-to-day is looking like and you have a better picture for it. You have better insight to it. And you can then also hear what they're doing and be like, hey, you mentioned you have this meeting coming up later this week. Can I help you pull any data for that or something like that? So, so you know, I think we could infer from that then that, uh, you know, in the workplace, even if you're a new employee, you need to think of your boss. Certainly they have, you know, their authority over you, but you need to think of it more as an equal. In other words, that you can have these kinds of conversations on a regular mm-hmm. level and not just yes, sir, no, sir. What do I do next, sir? I mean, it sounds like you really yeah. kind of have to elevate yourself to think of yourself as being capable of, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of dialogue that you just described. Is that is that a yeah. fair assumption? That circles right back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of relationship management and building rapport. So like the way I like to approach it with work, and this started all the way back when I was in like middle school, high school, working in restaurants. If I'm having fun as your server at your table, you're having fun too. And then that means you're going to give me a better tip, right? So if I'm working hard and having fun while I'm doing it, while interacting with my boss, my boss more likely than not is going to be enjoying having that interaction with me and going to have that much more of an inclination to want to help me and help build me up to my next step in my Mm -hmm. career. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have managers throughout my career who are invested in wanting to build me up and like, I, I would put that more of a testament just to them. I've been really blessed. They're awesome people, but it also goes both ways because you can be a great manager and supervisor, but if your report is kind of not accepting of that help or turned off from it or not engaged in that relationship, it's really hard for your boss to mentor you. So like I've always been accepting of that and then you latch on and they can bring you up with you. Oh, that's great. You know, actually, uh, so hopefully some of our management students as they hear that will think, Oh, that reminds me of LMX leader member exchange, because that's kind of right. exactly the whole concept of that, right? Perfect. Right. But what other, I don't want to take too much of your time, uh, TJ, but what other uh, guidance or advice might you offer our students, you know, whether it's looking for a job, whether it's what to think about when asking for a job or when they get that job? Because, you know, I think they, they feel a little bit apprehensive, given that the a lot of the traditional opportunities, you know, those internships and all that, if they're at all, they're virtual. And they're all, well, what other types of things might you suggest to them? So being still relatively freshly out, um, one of our younger board members, I remember leaving Loyola feeling completely ready to be a marketing manager. I wasn't ready to enter in at the entry level, right? I wasn't like mentally picturing that for my role. And so for the first, I would say three months post-graduation, like throughout that summer applying to jobs, I was shooting for here and I wasn't quite there yet. And I was starting to feel deterred by it. And then I ended up coming in in entry level and doing what I had to do, gaining those extra skills. It was actually like literally a door-to-door sales job. 
and I learned rejection in that door-to-door job. Mm -hmm. And then that built me the confidence to then go into my next role and talk about what I learned from that experience. And then you can grow from there. But what I would say more practically, uh, in in addition to like kind of setting your expectations correctly on where you're going to be, you got to start here and then get to here. Like Michael Jordan didn't just all of a sudden be the greatest of all time right? He had to start down here and then build his way up. And you do that through work and practice. So through your work, you're going to build your career and you can't get too impatient about it. Uh, And some of the very low level, like practical ways you can do that. And something that I didn't know going into it, but have been complimented about throughout my career is written communication. It goes a long way although you don't necessarily think about it all the time and not just like a formal email. Of course, you're like, when you're sending an email, you're going to do like proper punctuation and you're going to format it nicely and everything, but even down to like a G chat or sending a, excuse me, sending a calendar invite to somebody who doesn't necessarily know the context, or maybe it's an external partner that is going to see this invite for intake meeting. And to you, that makes perfect sense. But to them, they're like, I have intake meetings for things all the time. What does that actually mean? But if I say, oh, to you partnership intake meeting, then they're going to realize, oh, all right, that's a meeting with TJ. He's from to you. Um, But to me, I'm like, why should I put to you on there? All my meetings have to do with to you. But you have to put yourself in the audience's shoes. And then when you're writing out your communications, whether it's Gchat or Slack, or if you're on a texting type relationship with anybody in your work environment, or if it's email, write it as if it's gonna eventually get to your CEO. Because if anything, the students these days know, know the culture of the internet, nothing is never impermanent. Once it's out there, it is out there. And an email, a G chat, a Slack can get forwarded or copied. So you want to always do it, but like not with that mindset of, oh, I might get in trouble if this is improper. But people notice as well when you're like commenting on a Google Doc and you're using proper punctuation and full sentences and responding in a very nice way rather than just a curt like fix this period. Because if I'm saying, hey, notice this, tag the person, please address X, Y, and Z. Thanks, TJ, in a comment on a Google Doc, they were like, oh, that was so nice. And I've had people reply in informal ways or in a Jira ticket or something like that to say like, thank you for your correspondence. That was so quick, concise, and polite. And those little things can get you places. No, that's, that's good advice. I think, you know, we, touch on communication in a lot of different classes. It gets presented in marketing. It certainly gets presented in management, even management 201. Um, but I think we, we lose the, the, the point that you said, really, we communicate not for our benefit of hearing ourselves communicate, but for the benefit of the person we're trying to reach, right? Yes. And we have to be sensitive to what they're thinking. So, you know, uh, yeah. you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I've had a lot of business people tell me that if they even don't make the subject line clear enough, the email yeah. will never get read, right? You know, yeah. uh, why should, uh, it's almost a, why should I read this? Because if you get 200 emails a day or yeah. 200 that's Slack That's actually messages, something I've never, I didn't mention it, but like when I write an email, I tend to write out the email. So similar to what you should do with like a school paper, write your paper and then title it. You don't need the title at the start because the title might change. So subject line your email after you've already crafted it. And then that'll give the, 
customer, the audience, whoever it is you're sending it to, the gist of why I should open this. Yeah. There's lots of little tips there too. Like if you're gonna send it to four people, okay, fine. But say hi so-and-so to the one person that you want to actually answer or should be answering and make yeah. sure to go to and yeah. then CCC, yeah. the little touches. Yeah. Well, that's, then, but that's... like bigger picture wise, especially as a recent grad entering the workspace, no matter what role you're in, remember that you're a leader. And this is like talking about like Jesuit philosophies, like always pursue the majus, go for something greater, continue to like develop yourself, challenge yourself. And even if you're in a role that you think you're better than or not necessarily suited for because you had this excellent education coming out of Loyola. So like you're ready for this when you're just sitting here, go ahead and pursue that challenge yourself, but lead your team. And if you're leading your team and taking that leadership role and like influencing others and building that rapport with your manager and your other coworkers, that'll stand you out among the group. I think that's great advice. Uh, you know, I often tell my students, I teach a managing teams class, I often tell my students, um, the first team assignments you have when you start with a company are basically your management audition. Because if you can manage the group or demonstrate leadership with the group you're in, you're a natural yep. promotion, right? And, yep. I mean, you've, you've done the job, now they can promote you. Yeah. And there's you a way that? to do that between being too quiet and being too boisterous too. You gotta find that balance. That's it, that's it. It's a game of, uh, a game of inches, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, this has been really wonderful. Uh, as always, I enjoy talking with you, but I really appreciate all these shots that you've shared with our students. And uh, I, I think that it's, uh, much of what you said should resonate with them and hopefully they can or, you know, grab onto and really use. So thank you very much for giving us the time for this. Uh, nice. Of course, thank you. I wish you all the best students. Thank you, thank you very much.